Welcome to UberCube, the podcast where we discuss all things Cube, but with refreshments. This is your host, Anthony Adams, a.k.a. UberBear, and I'm joined by our other host... Stu. And our <laughs> other host, <Stu>. May. <laughs> and we are <laughs> and we are happy to welcome a very, very special guest. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Steven. And uh, I play Magic the Gathering, especially Cube. Awesome. That's what we and like I love to hear. metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I'm sorry, Loud, I want to hear one what more you time. Love. You love what? I love metal. Nice. <laughs> Confidence, vibrato. Confidence. There we yes. go. <laughs> That's exactly what we're looking for during right. this episode. Because during this particular show, can, kind of continuing our thematic cube series, if you will, we're covering the Munson Cube, Lords of Metal. The Munson Cube. Yes. And for those who have not watched Stranger Things Part 4, Season 4, uh, there is a main character named Eddie Munson, and I will give no spoilers during this episode for those who have not seen it, but he is a metalhead, and he is a D&D player. And take those two things into an amalgamation, and you've got yourself the 180 Jund Munson Cube that I've developed. I actually, I want to I, I saw a pretty neat story about the dude that plays Eddie Munson for a bit of trivia. So apparently he's on, like, he's, got, he's at an airport, right? He's flying somewhere. And uh, he gets pulled in for a check, right? They don't know who this guy is. And, um, you know, they've got agents, like, coming in and out and asking him all kinds of questions. And then eventually one of the agents comes out and is like, hey, is Eddie Munson back for the next season? And he's like, I, I don't know. And they're like, all right, be on your way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. True yeah, story. it is. It's a true story. So, All true. right. So before we go any further talking about this particular metal-based episode, we're mm-hmm. going to do the thing that we always do here at Ubercube, and we're going to enjoy our libations of the show. What you got for us today? All right. So I am having a AMB Appalachian Mountain Brewery Raindrop IPA. How about yourself, Stu? I got me uh, an Appalachian Mountain Brewery Longleaf IPA. Very it's- nice. What about you guys? What you got, Stephen? You're a guest. Uh, what about May? What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a lot more boring. I just have a quirk. It's just peach, apricot, whip. Whip. So. Oh, that sounds tasty. That sounds tasty. Right. I'm, I'm actually not, I'm not too far from you. I said I wasn't going to be drinking yeah, beforehand, but I changed my mind, and I settled for an Ursula, which is nice. a sour ale brewed by Abandoned Building. It's a, actually a brewery right down the road from me. So. And that can. That can looks expensive. Yeah. Yeah, those are one of those ten dollar <laughs> beers. They're limited edition. They yeah, nice. That's like nice. a twenty twenty five dollars. Three years or so. So <laughs> yeah, that's nice. All right, let's crack them open and get to the show. All right. So we've kind of been analyzing this cube and talking about it, and I'm the curator, and I could probably ramble and ho-him about this over and over again. This is my baby. I'll kind of give you a gist. Let's do a gist in so many words. I wanted to build a cube on the 180 concept using Jund as a very aggressive, uh, fast and furious type of lines of play that Jund does so well, right? I wanted games that you could take to a pub, play you some metal music, something heavy, something hardcore, sip you some whiskey, a really good beer, and just chill out with your friends and not think on that blue and white spectrum, right? You don't have to be concerned about the control aspects. You don't have to be concerned about someone countering your stuff, etc. I want it so that 
you're just turning creatures sideways. You're lightning bolting. It's furious games. I want these games by my concept, by my design, to represent the type of music that I want to emulate here. Yeah, which aggressive. Is, which is aggressive. Yeah. Choosing metal. violence. Choosing violence. So these games, just by design, are going to come down to the wire, right? As we talked about in our little pre-gaming session here, Steven's got one life, I got zero. That's how these games end. It is very rare that someone has more than four points of life when this, this ends. I mean, it's it's just bad, turning sideways, crush them, right? Yeah, we've played this cube quite a lot since it's been like designed and really optimized by yourself over the last few months, and I will say that that does always seem to be the case for some reason, right? There's never just one player that's dominating and, you know, you're ending the game and you've got 20 life or whatever. It, it does, it's very back and forth, very, very aggressive. So, Stephen, you're a cube owner, and you've had a chance to look at this cube, and you're also a self-proclaimed metalhead. What is your metal of choice? What's your music of choice? So, that's that's a lot to say. I've been a musician for probably longer than I've been playing Magic, but as far as, you know, the metal of choice, I mean, you know, starting off learning to play guitar, it was Alice in Chains, it was Nine Inch Nails, it was Tool, and... Since then, it's been branched off to other stuff. I yeah, got into Slayer a little bit. My cousin Maddie still says South of Heaven is probably one of the best albums that they made. Kill Switch Engage is also not just more popular one, but a local group as well. Their guitarist Joel taught me how to play guitar so many years ago. Really? That's um, awesome. So that's kind of where I started off. And lately, I don't know, my sensibilities have sort of softened a little bit. More Florence and the Machine and Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, uh, but I mean the White but, Witch. But, I mean she is metal. <laughs> For those who haven't caught up yet, come on. But yeah, there's a different. Thing. But also lately, I've been listening to a lot more of the Who. If you're into your yes. Mongolian folk metal, yes, um, throat singing Mongolian. So good. Yeah, so good. Which actually is one of the ones that we have in this list. In my in my cube primer, I talk about the Who, and they just released their second album, and it is sick. I mean, for those who haven't checked out the Who, the Who, and it's uh, not the to be H, conf- the H U specified, not the <laughs> yeah. Who, not Roger Daltrey. It's H U. I love dropping that every now and then. It's like, do you like the Who? I'm like, oh yeah, the Who, Mongolian throat metal. Uh, wait, <laughs> like, uh, uh, who, 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 what about you? <laughs> They're like, no, 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 not that Who. Not that who. <laughs> no pinball wizard here, folks. Oh, you like the who? The who? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess who? <laughs> we can do this all day. <laughs> yeah, we are music aficionados. I, this episode is not going to be just about the cube. It's going to be about the type of music we love, too. And I've got a pretty eclectic spectrum. I go all the way from... Sick. I do enjoy... 90s country, George Strait, the greatest country musician of all time uh, for the musicality, right? But that doesn't align with the metal, but it does because the inspiration for a lot of these different groups came from the original jazz and blues singers and developed rock and roll. And we moved through and come up through the time and people were really getting experimental and wanted to try more. I mean, in the late 70s, you started seeing these bands erupt. At the times, it was the Aerosmith. And they, they released their album, and it was innovative. Jimi Hendrix was just wailing, wailing, breaking that guitar. Carlos Santana trying things that no one had ever done before. And, and they become some of the greatest musicians of all time. As we do that, you see, you see the speed and the tempo increase 
in this music gets harder, gets faster, less clarity, less less focus on the vocals, more on the extreme aspects of what that instrument can do. And uh, Stu, how about you? You're in a band. What was your thing? I what was, was. and I, I played various instruments. I played uh, I played guitar, although I'm not very good, and I played drums. I'm not very good at that either. And then I ended up playing bass, and I was worse at that than either. So that kind of tells you how my my musical <laughs> talent is. And I just kind of went around and just did what was what was needed, but. Super fun. Just playing music is fun. We got to play a bunch of gigs and we did a little festival once over in the UK back when I lived over there. Um, but I, unfortunately, like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a big Alice in Chains fan. Like, all the whole 90s grunge, rock, all that kind of stuff was like a big thing for me. That kind of stuff is fairly straightforward to play. For, I, would, I would say nowadays, like, you know, fairly, fairly easy for me to pick that up and kind of learn some of that stuff. But I like music that is like extremely complex as well, but I'm never ever like, I like, you know, animals as leaders and, um, covet and, you know, which is very different to animals as leaders, but I like very technical music as well. Like very, um, very complex musical lines, Meshuggah, that kind of stuff, right? And I'm never, ever going to be able to play that because I'm just ten-thumbed and, and useless. But, um, yeah, I love it. And if you're, if you're asking yourself, uh, why are we talking about music during this episode? It'll, it'll all come to fruition here soon. It's part of the experience. Leads me to May. May, what, what is your Hi. jams? What do you like to listen to? What do you enjoy while playing? I mean, not just playing Magic, but what do you enjoy in general? Uh, well, I'm definitely the curveball here. While I do like me some occasional metal, I like I'm a big fan of Tool, obviously. And, yeah. Uh, I tend to be more leaning into the uh, what sort of looking for pop alternative. I yeah. guess. And, yeah. You know, of our group, I am definitely the oddball here. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I I definitely have listened to a lot of metal, especially in my high school years. I've so kind of, Tool. I've now just dabble a little bit as a treat. Tool is awesome. Like Maynard. He's not the nicest person in the world. I've actually seen him in concert twice. And uh, I saw one time during a concert, well, the fans were doing the bad thing and they were throwing shoes at him. Instead of doing the thing and making them stop, he threw a shoe back at the audience. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> maybe not representing his craft as well as he I, should. I never, I will say, I, I never, ever could get into Tool, ever. I know that there's a lot of people who really enjoy the band and I have a, a huge respect for they're like mechanically they're very good and you know they're they're obviously very popular very 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 good at what they do very technical but just i don't know the music was never something that i could get into and i've got friends that are absolutely like obsessed with them and they were like here's the albums that you need to listen to here's the song and i really did try and give them a shot it was a few years ago so maybe i need to try it again but i don't know i could never get into tool i was just gonna say i mean tool has changed so much in the past 30 years too the Mm -hmm. album that they made in 1992 sounds nothing like the one that came out five years ago um it's just such a different i mean it, it you listen to tool you can pick out pieces of it and say all right this is tool this is um this is adam jones this is justin chamberlain's bass and um danny i can't think of his last name but i mean it, it, tool sounds like tool but the style of how they compose their songs is just different as they aged and i think maynard speaks to that you know pretty well as far as you know yeah i made angrier music when i was younger and now i'm less angry so i make less <laughs> angry music yeah um, it makes sense you know, it's just right. like you know if you yeah if you can't grow from your um problems and work it through what are you doing so that's also probably why he has three bands he's in a perfect circle and Pucifer, which are also three very different styles of rock and you know alternative rock 
Yeah, so how do we incorporate this into Cube? Well, we'll continue further. Follow us down this rabbit hole. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. So we're going to talk about as we play this cube. I mean, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Pantera, Mastodon, Slayer, Cannibal Corpse, Anthrax, Judas Priest, uh, Gojira, The Who, (laughs) H-U, and we said Tool. But I'll throw some more in here. If I was playing this cube, I'd also listen to Beastie Boys. And I'm going to do some Rage Against the Machine because they're all going to signify the colors See, of Jund. I love Rage Against They're the Jund. They're all Jund, right? They're Jund oh, bands. Absolutely. Right? I would, but, say, I would dare to say that they are very heavily leaning into the gruel part of that Jund. <laughs> now, have you guys uh, bought, bought tickets yet for the 10th Street Music Tour? It's coming out soon. It's starring Joven. Have you guys heard about this? It's actually nope. summer no, 2023. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Joven, uh, he's actually... he's. Probably part of the, uh, he's the lead man for his group, self-named Joven, right? Because, I mean, why else we do that? But it's also going to be appeared by certain special guests that are going to show up in this. I've got ticks for it. It's uh, Death Pits of Rage is going to be there. Our Devastation, Hurricane. I mean, these guys are fantastic. And for one night, the Legends, (laughs) for one night and one night only, the Legends reunite for the soon-to-be-sold-out charity extravaganza in which bloodlust and chaos are sure to fill the night. Let the hair, hairspray and scent of tan leather flow through your nostrils as you frenzy your way to be one of the lucky ones splashed by the essence of Joven. His, his fans call him Hovin, but this guy is amazing. Hoven. 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 So you guys want to talk about experience building in a cube, right? So one of the things that I've done as we make jokes is, uh, and, and May has done this with her fake cube as well. I, I had written out of complete and utter boredom about... Ten years ago, sitting in a hotel room, on Tapped Out at the time, I wrote an entire concert ticket for Joven, and I made it as a header for a just, I was just bored. I'm like, I'm going to craft a deck using Joven. And for those that aren't familiar with Joven, who is not included in the queue, but is the header of the show, Joven for three colorless and two mountains, you get a summon legend. I don't even know. I imagine a human. Uh, for three mountains, tap, destroy target target non-creature artifact and he is a 3-3 this is quite possibly the most metal art aside from others that represents metal so who would not be the front of the munson cube his uh most of his fans do know him in fact as eddie munson and that's how i've crafted this entire story if you're bored out of your Mm. mind check out these show notes and i think you can appreciate what i've developed here i have written an entire ticket subset historical reference of all the albums that come out using magic cards that would be in Joven's catalog. I think you could have arguably called it Snarg's Cube of Sin as well, considering that's like on the artwork. So, so that's the question that I have is, is, you know, how are things at the House of Snarg? And <laughs> did it go the wayside like CBGB? Like what's going on? Is it a museum? Like, you know, what are they doing? They got into a debate over how to spell who, W-H-O or H-U. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's how the band uh, broke up. Museum is definitely the vibe that I'm getting, though. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely getting the museum vibe. So we've kind of built up the idea. There's one more that I'm going to ask. Uh, Steven, you have Master of Puppets in front of you, the Metallica 1986. Would you mind reading that uh, little bit of quote that I have there so people can understand how they're supposed to feel while playing this cube that we're going to talk about here in a moment? Absolutely. Yeah. Master of Puppets, Metallica 1986. Oh, you want me to like read the Yeah, song, do or? it with your voice. Um, do it. Come on, let's get it. Let's get some hoop. Do your best, James Hatfield. Yeah. James Hatfield, go let's ahead. Uh, well, I just got a little self-conscious, but that's all right. <laughs> um, we can do this. 
and the passion play, crumbling away. I'm your source of self-destruction. Veins are pumped with fear, sucking dark is clear, leading on your death's construction. Taste me, you will see, more is all you need, dedicated to how I'm killing you. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. That's, know. You know what? That was that awesome. Was incredible. <laughs> bravo, 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 bravo. Joven's a little jealous right now. All right, so <laughs> that should be a nice primer for setting the tone. Let's do a little interlude here so you can hear some more metal. All right, so as we talked about, the design of this cube, uh, May, I've got the parts here on the death metal uh, portion. Would you mind talking about some of these cards as you scroll through? And let's break them down. Let's, I'll, I'll tell you the intent is what I wanted, and I want everybody to kind of give feedback and see what I was trying to do here. Death metal, paradisism, amorality, sacrifice, aristocrats. So I'm assuming that you're wanting me to talk about the aristocrats package here and the kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Pitfalls of parasitism and how you're using paras- how you're using that aristocrats theme in order to convey the thematic presence of, you know, death metal. Yes. What's yeah. more death metal than aristocrats sacrifice? Parasites and death. And and I'm embracing the idea so the word parasitism is overuses an archetype that pulls drafters in the wrong direction, etc. In this cube, I'm actually light on these ideas intentionally to draw the attention of the paradisism. Like, Blood Artist is in here, for example, but Zulaport's in here because the art is badass. I think Judith Scourge Diva's in here, but it's not like a fully supported idea. It's intentional because the, these are the one-point games, as we talked about. It's, it's the volley of life going back and forth. One thing that I do like about the way that you built into your Aristocrats package, I was looking a bit at the list earlier, is that your Aristocrats package is very aggressive-leaning, and it leads have very heavily into that kind of Judith style of Aristocrats, where you're trying to turn turn sideways and then just sacrifice to generate more value, and I think that that's a great way of making it seamlessly ease into the rest of whatever is going on in your Jund cube. And what's particularly cool is that you can convey a lot of those themes by incorporating a lot of those, like, Rakdos in terms of thematics with Judith, Gutterbones, etc. And you're able to really convey that sort of stylistic tone aesthetically while also being really good mechanically. And I think that that is an aspect that a lot of cubes could take some important lessons from. Uh, an important card that I just wanted to mention was that you had highlighted Priests of the Forgotten Gods, which I feel like is a fantastic card just in general. But it really fits the the aesthetic of this kind of death metal alternative type. I'd almost want to say she kind of has a witchy type vibe to her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She, she could be in like an Iron Maiden video, right? Where over right. that stone altar and there's blood and like spells and, you know resurrection going on you know it's i think super cool very fun it's always really nice when you can find just a good card that lets the viewer of the cube or the partakers of the cube actually like pull in their imagination with the themes of the cube so that way they can kind of see how things fit in while also just being generally a good cube card i let the music pull me to the cards right Right. while i was building this cube Mm. and this is just a curating i i was in fact playing metal in the back 
I was going through my collection, uh, seeing what I had, and I was also having a nice glass of whiskey. I set the vibe for myself as I designed this cube to see what the feelings were coming, you know, erupting from me as I'm designing it and where the music was taking me. Steven, this next one you've got up here, Master of the Feast, a.k.a. Master of Puppets. I wanted you to know where I was at. Would you mind covering that card and telling the people what this does? Absolutely. So Master of the Feast, this is a enchantment creature. It's also a demon. It costs one black black for a 5-5 five, five flyer. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent draws a card. Pretty sweet that you get this big boy for three mana 5-5. Five, five. You know, the closest to that we saw was a Phyrexian Negator back in Urza's Destiny. It has flying, and the drawback is your opponent draws a card, which I think is in your cube and when you're playing aggressive. Probably doesn't matter because you're not worried about path to exile a counter spell um another cantrip you play this on turn three you're splashing red maybe you give it haste it gets in for five like you said the games that go from 20 to zero in less than a few minutes this is this is a demon that's gonna end the game really quick so that card draw for your opponent is more of a very incidental um so yeah, this, is, this, to me, this to me is like a Mike, Pat, you know, like Mike Patton from Faith No More, who is, in my opinion, yeah. the, has the greatest scream voice of all time. I want to just put Mike Patton on scream when I play this card and just have one of his screams going nonstop every time I attack with this until I win the game. Because 5-5 five, five Flyer, that wins the game, like you say, very, very quickly. A drawback of an opponent drawing a card? Okay, I'll live with that. I only need to, to attack a couple of times and I can win. So, as a curator, this is a good chance for me to demonstrate the art on this particular card, which will be included in the show notes. The title of the card and what it does all represents the music that I'm tethering to this design, right? Uh, a master of puppets. I mean, <laughs> it's right there for you. But I also see the vibes of Meatloaf here a little bit, too, believe it or not. It was, uh, I think it was Bad Out of Hell that he did, except it was more of a, I would do anything for love. But that doesn't, but I won't do that. <laughs> but it kind of follows that flow, right? Uh, so you get these vibes. The music can bring the cube together as part of what we're talking about here in that thematic cube design aspects. Uh, Stu, would you mind covering over this next one, please? It's, yeah. So this one is Josu Vess, Lich Knight. This is a two colorless and two black for a legendary creature, Zombie Knight. With Menace, it is a 4-5. And whenever it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, and the kicker cast is five colorless and one black, you create eight, not one, not two, not three, but eight, two two black Zombie Knight creature tokens with Menace. This is a very, very high cost with the kicker, right? You're talking 10 CMC total with the kicker. But even just at face value, four mana for a four or five with Menace is very, very strong. And again, going back to the art, you've got this like armor covered war horse and then like, you know, this death knight on top with this huge hammer kind of looking thing. And again, you've got like the big standards and it's very like, conflicts like that's mm -hmm. the kind of vibe i get from this right it's very like front of the conflict like standard bearers are right behind me and i'm in front like i'm i'm screaming like ah, i'm trying to be intimidating and uh yeah just such a cool card very flavorful and uh another one of these like and i feel like this is a good spot for these like three four mana it's surprising when you're when you've got a cube like this 
And again, Stephen, what you said, right? No source of player shares, no path to XR, not, nothing as far as counter magic, no blue is concerned, right? Creatures like this, when you can start dropping things like this at four and five, three or four mana, and you've got these game enders, right? That's where, like, musically, the tempo's going up. There's some screams going on. There's some big guitar licks happening. Some huge drum solos, right? Like yeah. these are the kind of like they're so representative of of this cube. I don't, and I think this card is just incredible. Yeah, this this cube just kind of brings that out of you. And uh, probably I was thinking out loud here is this is the polar opposite of the Fae cube where I want to play a, a pan flute and. <laughs> It's like, let's go down to the next one here. Night and day difference. <laughs> so I've actually included some bands here to reference in the death metal for just for those music. So people, can, if you haven't listened to these groups, I'm going to name off a couple of them. It won't be for everyone's palate, but give it a whirl. So some of them will be like death or morbid angel, Nile, uh, obituary, cannibal corpse. What should we talked about before? Uh, At the gates and tombed. If you noticed, all these names are magic cards. And these are real bands, guys. I'm not just making this stuff up. Uh, Carcass. These type groups. These are pretty great. They'll be in the show notes. If you wanted to clone or design something like this cube, where you were following this vibe, this is how you'd go about doing it. Here's another one. It's a new card that I actually want to highlight, and it's it's wild. And I picked it. I picked. <laughs> I can't even get through it. I can't it. even look at, the I can't even look at this card. I can't get to so this card. Amazing. But when this came out, it was uh, the 40K set came out, and they brought us a couple, they gave me a few gifts that wouldn't make any sense to anybody else. And this is Sloppity Bile Piper. <laughs> <laughs> what for, a name of a card and, that is. And Incredible. for three colorless and one swamp, you get a creature demon. And what he does, it makes sense. He's a horrible person. It's, 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 okay, I'll, I'll, it's Jolly Gut Pipes, which is two colorless and tap. Sacrifice a creature. The next creature spell you cast this turn has Cascade. He is playing bagpipes made out of people's organs. So it is disturbing. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, he's unfortunately in Joven's band. So that's that's kind of where my headspace was at, right? This was uh, just an interesting card. It's not nothing about... I'm not doing anything in this cube that's going to be broken. Everything has to be kind of metal. I want this cube to come down to that red line. I want... I want whenever, you know, May and I were playing against each other and we're playing whatever. We'll go with Pantera. I'm just jamming out, right? Uh, Cemetery Gates. Uh, I want mm-hmm. the game to end with me just doing a, a – I got sweat on my brow. And I wipe it off and, it, you know, I'm done. <laughs> I'm dead because she's at three life and I'm at zero. That's that's my game design concepts. My goals of this cube is to make it to the wire. That's how this is going to be. There are no outs. You're not going to get any life gain except through your aristocrats. It'll give you one or two in a couple of inches. That's all you get. It's uh, it's constantly going to the touchdown and you're in the red zone nonstop in this cube with the metal pumping in the background. Steven, would you mind covering this next card uh, adjacent to the Sloppity Ball Piper? Sloppity Ball Piper. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually really like this in um, Magic Origins Limited. This is Priest of the Blood Rite. For three black black, you get a creature human cleric. It's a 2-2. When Priest of the Blood Rite enters the battlefield, create a 5-5 black demon creature token with flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose two life. So this basically is an imitation of Jazam Jin, except the big body has flying, and you've got this 2-2 that keeps hitting you. But what's great about the creature is... 
if you have an Antuko husk, you can sacrifice it. Or if you're using the priest, I already forgot the name. The, the sloppity bow piper. You can <laughs> just use, you can sacrifice priest for priest, and now you have a 5-5 five five that isn't hitting you every upkeep. But yeah, 5 mana for 7 power on the field, but still not too bad. And it is pretty brutal. You're looking at the art, and you see this cleric that has clearly done some damage to himself to summon this demon and the demon's here hey how's it going um my name's chuck make your life hell but i'll do whatever you want but it's gonna suck sloppity ball piper has showed up and it's gotten really weird it's like oh my god i just cut my wrist for this what (laughs) what am i doing (laughs) that was gonna be like the fly vibes from this one it's kind of it's really creepy yeah awesome uh may would you mind covering covering this next one and this will close out our death metal section Sure. The next one is called Doom Whisper. Three black black for a nightmare demon flying trample six six. You can pay two life and surveil two. Pretty simple and design. That card is just fantastic. It's what elegant. elegant it's elegant. It's elegant. Yeah. I love this card. It is very clean. I particularly love how do I put this? I particularly love cards that are just comprised of either a bunch of keywords or they're like less than two sentences of text. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. fan of that. And, and so this str- being the so perfect relevant. aggro top end card of it's big, it's stupid, it's frample, yeah. and it'll just keep filling and turning your graveyard to keep gas going. It's just oh, perfect. And the vibe, again with the vibe, it's just so on brand for what the metal cube is supposed to represent. <laughs> it is a big, scary nightmare demon here to run your opponent over. Yeah. So now we're gonna... in a way that could be, um, yeah, sort of a. Yeah, what am I thinking of? Um, basically emblematic of metal itself. You've got this gruesome, brutal card that is you know, efficient, and it's clean, and it's simple. There's no layers that need to be sort of you know unraveled or discovered. It is just, you want it metal? Here's metal, and it's going to be the most awesome punch to the face that you can get. And yeah, this is great. I'm not thinking about weird combos or mm. how I can put pieces together. This is just that you get what you get and it's awesome. Yeah. I want to be a little bit more precise with my comparison and say I would think that this card is like the drum solo of your deck. Oh, oh yeah. Like yeah. 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 You're sweet. tapping it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and he's got a lot of hands, so he can play a lot of drums. That's really great. <laughs> it's Danny Carey. That's for the Tool fans, right? It's Danny nice. Carey because he's like, isn't he, isn't his name Octopus Hands or so? Is that what they call him? He's got like, yeah, but like, I I I, I think that is such an, a wonderful point that you made. Uh, like, the fact that you've got this card that is so emblematic for for this cube, I think it's so perfect. I am a big fan of the simplicity, right? The same kind of deal. It's flying. It's trample. Pay two life, surveil two. That's it. All right. If you don't know what surveil is, maybe you got to read a few lines of text. But other than that, and it's a, it's a six six flying trample for only five mana. That's absurd. Like that is extra. Like that is going to win the game in three turns. You get three attacks in with that. You're you're winning the game. It's that simple. Bang this out. Turn it sideways. It's winning the game. Very strong. All right, so we're going to move over to our thrash metal 
chaos, haste, burn section. I love that you've got thrash because thrash, obviously, like just you think about speed, like fast metal, speed and, metal, uh, yeah. and it's red. Like what is what could be more perfect for for thrash than than red? And and, and these are groups like speed. Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth. These are going to be these fast, just hardcore. Everything's going to hit. The riffs are hard. The music's hard. It's not about again. The vocals are emphasized, but it's going to be pure speed. There right? are other bands that we could talk about that really are speed, but the names are incredibly inappropriate for the PG show, like, <laughs> um, you know, content that we look to. But uh, anyway, yes, I agree. You know, thrash. So the first card that I chose to represent thrash metal, Chaos Burn, right? It's going to be Blood Lust Insider. For one red, you get a creature, human warrior. This guy is just, I mean, he's practically, he's holding spears, but I'm seeing a drummer. When I pick this card, I want you guys to understand where my headspace is at. This is a screaming, raging drummer, right? And you can tap him. Target creature gains haste until the end of the turn. He does not have haste. And he's a 1-1. I did this intentionally. I wanted to also, part of my design attributes of this cube is not only the paying the life for things. I wanted a vulnerability. I don't want to harp on that Baneslayer concept when something enters the battlefield and doesn't do anything. But I did try not to overemphasize too much, I guess, natural haste. Something that embodied haste. I wanted something that gave something else haste as part of my design so that you would be vulnerable when you put your threat on the field isn't necessarily going to stick. Going back to the demon we talked about before, you've now played it. Now, in order to really get in there, you had to have had the Bloodlust Insider on the field to give it the thing you needed to get that win in, right? So that was part of my design idea. And it's something when you've got like a cube like this where you don't have a whole lot of counter magic, like... You know, you're expecting the games to go for a few turns. So ultimately, there's going to become a time where you're going to be facing one of these cards, right? There's going to be a time where you're, you know, your opponent's casting, you know, a sloppity ball piper or a doom whisperer or <laughs> like one of these, yeah, like a big threat, right? So you're realistically, and I will say this as someone that I've played this cube a few times. I don't want to waste removal on a one mana one one, even if it gives another creature haste. Like I'm, I, you have to be selective about how you interact with other permanents, right? Because you don't want to blow up unless you think you can win early, which is fine. But otherwise, you've got to be so selective and and, and choose your violence. Yeah, I really like the flavor text on this: to victory, to glory, to eternity. And I feel like some of the best metal bands that. Um, have been out there they kind of treat every show as if they're preparing for war and yeah it just kind of makes me think of specifically pantera they seem to have that mentality um anytime that they made an album they just wanted it to be heavier than the last album that they had and i just you know so this card and that text just really speaks to me in that sense and this next one we have this one uh you know steven uh i'll i'm gonna give you i'm gonna tell you what it is and i'm gonna have you talk about it if you haven't seen this by staring at this before you talk about it, it is Dave Grohl. Now I want you to see Dave Grohl. Now you've seen it. I got the reaction. Now I want you to talk about Dave Grohl and this card, please. So Dave Grohl, a.k.a. the Cargan Intimidator, is a human warrior that costs one and a red, and it's a 3-1. Uh, static text, cowards cannot block warriors. For one generic, you can choose one of these modes that has not been chosen this turn. Cargan Intimidator gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn, or target creature becomes a coward until the end of turn, or target warrior gains trample until the end of turn. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of it does look yeah. dope. I get the I get the too, so that's pretty sweet on me. <laughs> and it's got a nice suite of abilities that yeah. just 
Very, very thematic and very strong card. May, um, you ran this in the fake cube for like a half a minute, correct? Uh, I had Kargan Intimidator in my fake cube for a while, but it obviously belongs more in your uh, metal cube than my fake cube. Not that the flavor can't be flexed into it, but it was more of, it was just an impressive card in my environment. The more that subtypes matters with it, the stronger that it is. And even when subtypes don't matter, it's just a really good card. Oh, yeah, for sure. It perfectly is emblematic for what you're wanting red to do. Yeah, I wanted to make it shine. This next card, uh, it's a favorite of mine, and I wish I showed up more often than not in cubes. And I think by Steven's face, he might want to talk about it. Steven, what do you got over there? Sin Prodder, a.k.a. Strictly Better um, Bogart Brute. It mm-hmm. is a devil for two and a red. It's a 3-2 with Menace. And at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. Any opponent may have you put that card into your graveyard. If a player does, Sin Prodder deals damage to that player equal to the card's converted mana cost. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. So, it's like a you know, nice choose lesser of two evils thing for your opponent. Red has done this you know, before. I can't think of um, specific ones, but um, you know, Wizards tries doing this. Um, but anyway, I, I like it just because... You know, a 3-2 Menace for 3 on rate is totally fine. It is strong, it's evasive, and your opponent gets to deal with it. This just has a little bit of uh, upside that can go either card advantage for you or just quickly ends the game for your opponent. And it's sweet, I love... Well, the art is pretty dark. It's tough to kind of get the details, but awesome. I love the face when you yeah. zoom into... Um, the devil just kind of looking, well, very menacing. Yeah, yeah it's a little uncomfortable. Um, He's uh, 100% listening to Pantera right now in his earbuds, <laughs> his, his, his pros. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got his uh, little, little Apple earbuds. It's a little awkward. <laughs> but yeah, so this card actually has proven it's, it's worth its weight in gold. And it almost got me where I wanted to experiment in other cubes with this card. Uh, it's got that weird kind of dark confidant vibe about it i was going to call it like the anti anti bob right yeah you know threatening damage to your opponents for you know potentially a disadvantage right you could you could rip something off the top and they're at a ton of life and they think uh you know i'd really like to have that card they're like ah whatever i'll pay you know five life so you don't get your doom whisperer but uh the lines of play have been really excellent it's really cool It's it's pushed my design goals of how i wanted these games like i said that sweat on your brow towards the end as you're enjoying your glass of whiskey with Metallica playing in the background. These type cards have really pushed those goals to the limit. Um, some of the groups we kind of talked about, we mentioned before Metallica and Slayer and Megadeth, but some of the others you can truly appreciate that follow this thrash metal vibe is going to be stuff like Anthrax. Uh, hang, 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 hang. You can't like put them as a subtext. Anthrax are like part of the big four. Oh, yeah. Metallica, Slayer, oh, Megadeth, really, Anthrax, yeah. right? So you can continue on, but you got you got to put them I in did, there. I did, but I was also going to put Sepultura right? in there too. Sepultura. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, but Metallica Slayer and Megadeth Anthrax are like the big four. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And then, the, and then there's other ones that you're elevated. like, eh, Sodom and Creator and Exodus and Overkill. But you're like, eh, yeah, whatever. Sure. But then there were the four. <laughs> I, another true story. I Sepultura has been like, I love Sepultura. I met uh, Max Cavalera at uh, nice. actually at the Ford Motor Museum in Detroit. Oh my god! It probably uh, oh, well over twenty years ago. Probably getting on for twenty five years ago. 
absolutely my, like the nicest guy and anyone who's ever met my father I love my father super super nice and chill guy um, but I'm like dad this is Max Max Cavalera he plays for like um, a Brazilian thrash metal brand a Brazilian heavy metal band called Sepultura they're really popular and my dad just walks over to Max Cavalera who, who has been super nice and been like you know shake, like saying hello and yada yada I'm like really love your music and my dad just walks over and he shakes his hand he's like hi Max my name's Liam <laughs> and if you know my dad who's just like you know just such a, a sweetheart like proper teddy bear kind of guy like it was but anyway Max Cavalera is super super nice guy nice so okay. if I was going to embody thrash metal I'll do this one and I wanted this in the cube it's not a good card but it's a fun card and it actually props up some of the quote unquote loosey goosey archetypes and I'm here is Rakamar right I mean Rakamar never finds a home I mean I've tried her out before in Commander and things just for the lulls not a great no, magic no, no. card, but it does what I want to do for my cube goal. I disagree. It pushes it. I disagree. Pushes. I disagree that it's a bad card. You've got a repeatable effect with haste that allows you to put a token into play that doesn't leave the battlefield at the end of turn. Yes, it's four mana, and yes, it costs you another mana to activate, but I think any repeatable effect... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say I, I like cards that have repeatable effects that only cost mana. You don't have to discard a card or any of that kind of stuff. I think this card is really cool. It pushes the limits of that threshold I want. It is a, It is definitely a deceitful card because at first glance you see, ah, yes, I'm paying four for a 2-2 with haste. That does not feel great. But when I look at this card, I'm like, okay, I'm playing this on turn five. I'm not playing this on turn four. I'm playing this on turn five. Yep. Because I immediately can get that additional 3-1 with haste. Now I have a 2-2 and a 3-1 on two different bodies with haste for five mana. That's pretty good rate. Like a 4-2 with haste across two bodies is good for five. Yeah, it is. And I would totally play that as as like my five drop rather than just playing it as the four drop. And it it embodied that thrash metal. I don't think that it's going to slam dunk the table or anything, but... Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's not great, but it's it's great in this cube because you talked about context matters. You've talked about this beforehand where you take certain cards that people might kind of, you know, um, scoff at. And then you drop Rockamar in a metal environment and you start, you know, interchanging it with these different cards that are looking for loss of life at extreme level, the aristocrats type stuff that I support. And suddenly a card like this comes to life. It, it finds a home. So... How often how often in your cube do you find that combat becomes kind of stalematey where attacks don't look good, blocking doesn't look good, so you just kind of go back and forth and pass the turns? It's never happens to. Have you seen any games that have been stally in this because I've seen just people getting slammed. I don't recall a time where we've just kind of been sitting there looking at two battlefields that are kind of stalematey. I I don't I don't recall that as being the case. And honestly, I I feel like I care less about those situations. I'm trying to play aggressively and I am a competitive person, don't get me wrong, but this cube is more about like if I'm sitting down playing vintage cube, I'm drafting to win. If I'm I'm uh, like no doubt about it. If I'm playing this cube, I just want to do fun stuff. I want to just I don't care what's going on. I'm turning my creature sideways. If I lose some stuff, it is what it is, right? I'm more I'm more thinking about what the music's going on in the background. How how much am I burning the chicken that's on the grill right now? Because I just want to get crazy and like turn creatures sideways and you lose life and I lose creatures and you lose creatures and it's just it's chaos and it's violence and and that's that's what it's about for me. Yeah, it's very push. And I and I think you and I think you hit where my mind was going, where that 
you know, five mana is a pretty significant investment, but think about a creature that always attacks, and even if it runs into a big O and just dies that turn, you still have the Shaman making that same 3-1 the next turn, and it doesn't cost you a card. You always have three power just getting in there, getting into the red zone, and exactly. it literally does not cost you a card. It costs you one in red. Worst case scenario, you don't even activate it your turn. You just keep a red open to maybe bolt something during their end step. Or you just say, end of turn, just make a 3-1. And then you've got two three ones maybe that turn to go in for the combat if it seems suitable. But I think there's a lot of value in just having a body on the field that does not cost you a card, literally. And the cost is so low at that point. You know, it makes yeah. the five-man investment you know, by the time you get there just totally worth it. I think this card's dope. Yeah, I agree, and I think you need cards like that that are able to sort of break the parity and break the stalemates, right? Because there's only so long that you can just sit there with a stalemate situation. If you've got something like this, if it's like three or four turns that you're just kind of draw going, and I'm just putting out a 3-1 every turn and you're not, that's going to get out of hand very quickly. Like These kind of cards either will end the game if you can't deal with it, or they will incentivize your opponent to, to try and, like, well, I just have to get aggressive, right? Because I, I cannot just sit there and let them just build this army of three ones, uh, you know, ad infinitum. Like, I have to do something about it. So one card I want to talk about is Wizards gave me this little gift. Now, 40K was the gift to my artifact cube. You know, that's kind of been acknowledged at this point. But for everyone else, this card that I'm about to talk about showed up in their packs, and they're like, uh, okay. For me, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. And it's Noise Marine. And for four colorless in one mountain, you get a creature, uh, Stardes Warrior. I'm, I'm not a 40k guy. I'm so sorry anybody that's 40k. I'm going to try that. But it comes in, it has Cascade. And then it has this effect called Sonic Blast. And when Noise Marine enters the battlefield, deals damage equal to the number of spells you've cast this turn to any target. It is literally this Space Ranger alien with an electric guitar for absolutely no reason. Wang Lace <laughs> to... It looks, it's like, if this doesn't go in Stu's Doom Cube, I'll be disappointed. It might. It just makes no sense. It, Some it, guy rocking out, just like... And then people die, and I don't understand what's happening. But this card is just a gift, and it was so stupid, but the art is amazing that I'm willing to do it. It's cool because it definitely has the Warhammer 40K look to it, but it almost looks yeah. D&D-like. Yeah, he, he seems like a bard um, from the way, way future of Baldur's Gate once they learn the, the light bulb and are able to harness electricity. So I'm actually <laughs> going to add a little bit more of a literal interpretation of what's really clever about the design of this card is that it feels like the cascade is like the hook of the song. Yeah, This card comes down on turn five. It's playing something else immediately. It's hitting something else as soon as it comes down, guaranteed for two. Because you're going to be playing itself. You're going to be playing whatever hit, hits off the cascade. And then you're always going to be hitting something else. It's In a majority of cases, I could see this being a either a two for one or a guarantee plus one. And no matter how you look at it, in terms of its flavor, having it come down and having that sort of one-two punch is just the perfect like mechanical to flavor ratio that I'm looking for in a type of card like this. Yeah. It is very direct with its theme. It is just some alien dude with a guitar knocking everybody down with just sound. And that is like <laughs> exceptionally metal. It's like the and anti Marty McFly. It has the mechanic on top of that. 
dealing damage to other things. That is just the perfect marriage of flavor and function. Yeah, I, I think the elegance of this is that it's the the damage is from the spells cast and having that cascade. Like they just meld together so beautifully, and it's and it's a card that I feel like you need to be a little cautious with because it is five mana, and it, you do get this utility of it with the damage. But it is only I say only it is only a three two. So you if you can get like you know, a little removal going on, and then you've got your 3-2, like, it can be good. It's, I, 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 I know this card well. You do have to be a little careful with it, but flavor-wise, it's just incredible. Uh, Steven, would you mind covering this next card, please? All right, so we've got Neheb, the Dreadhorde Champion. Cost two red-red for a 5-4 legendary creature, zombie, minotaur, warrior. It has trample. Whenever Neheb deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, you may discard any number of cards. If you do, draw that many cards and add that much red mana. Until end of turn, you don't lose mana as steps and phases end. So the, uh, the design idea I had behind this one is this armor that this guy's it's thrash metal all day. I mean, he is on mm-hmm. fire. It's Neheb, the Minotaur, which is one of my favorite magic characters of all time. But in this case... It just represented a wheel effect that I kind of wanted to put in this cube. And I do actually run Wheel of Misfortunes in this cube, too, because I am running a bit of a budgetary restriction as well, because I wanted this to be a affordable option, pack and play, go to the pub, and I even did proxy out my um, fetches and duels, etc. I just kind of, I wanted this to be a... I don't know, just something loosey-goosey that Stu and I can go up to the pub up the road, we can go play this, get a little bit of metal music, chill out, but with no worries about the cards getting damaged, etc. So that was kind of one, another one of my design goals outside of the theme. I'm moving over to the next section, which is maybe a form of metal that people are less familiar with, and it's going to be the Celtic metal group. And this is going to kind of represent I, I, that Viking metal even. Y'all, you're familiar with No. <laughs> I've lost you now. Not I should listen to more Celtic metal. Celtic metal's badass. So this kind of falls into groups like Waylander and Maya Morda and uh, Crouchin and uh, Maguas. <laughs> yeah, probably, we'll go with Battle Lore. <laughs> Primordial. Pronouncing the names is like is is half the battle. But yeah, yeah, they're, 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 the music is incredible. All right, so kind of the cards that I've used to cover the Celtic metal group will be stuff like Elves of Deep Shadow. But this next one, I'm going to pass to Stu because I believe this is a favorite of his. And I couldn't, I couldn't in all rights not talk about this card. This card is sick. This Wait. is, the, you're absolutely right. This is a favorite of mine. And uh, it's Skin Shifter. This is a one colorless, one green, human shaman, one one. And then you can pay a green and choose any one of the following. You can make Skin Shifter become a 4-4 four, four rhino with trample until end of turn, a 2-2 bird with flying until end of turn, or a 0-8 plant, and you can only activate that ability once per turn, but this is such an incredibly powerful early drop utility creature, and the the metal of it is like organic metal, like the Celtic, like whole, like, and it's, this for me is just such an embodiment of green, in my opinion, right? Mm. I, I've played the heck out of this card. I have this card, like, I've, I've, I don't even know how many copies of this card I own in paper. It's quite a few. This is like the dried militant where I've got like 10 copies of this card. Right? <laughs> um, but it's just, it's such a really cool card, right? Having anything where, and 
obviously, like I said, you can only activate the ability to, to shape shift, skin shift, once per turn. But having a utility creature like that that you can choose to either be a defensive creature, either be an attacking creature, or either be an evasive creature, which can kind of go both ways, uh, is super cool. And the art is just outstanding. It's like... It's a human shaman, but it's got kind of these elf kind of druid kind of qualities about it. Got like the wooden stave and like the long hair and there's leaves and very, very nature oriented. Like I just, I cannot even put it. Looks like Gavin from Bush now that you're pointing it out. It does kind of look like Gavin Rostow. It's Gavin So we've got Dave Grohl and Gavin Rostow. Let's point out what other, um, you know, I mean, we we talked, you talked about Elza Deep Shadow. I mean, what do you think about what do you think about Elza Deep Shadow? What does that look like? I mean, it looks like Lead Singer like, Hole. Courtney Love, nah, nah, nah. Mm. She's got a little bit more of a dark look. Oh, 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 Evanescence, Evanescence, Evanescence. Evanescence. Oh Perfect. my God. <laughs> yeah. I still want to be able to sing like her. Yeah. <laughs> Who didn't want to sing like Amy Lee? Let's oh, be real. Yeah. Right. So. Elves of Deep Shadow, aka Amy Lee. Amy Lee. <laughs> nice, got it. <laughs> All right. So I can I feel like I'd be doing a serious injustice if I didn't have May talk about this next card, please, because this is a I think she has a love hate for this card. What do you got? Tell us about Gimli. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Gimli. I have no hatred for this card. I will admit that I'm not versed enough in uh, Celtic metal to have an idea of what you're kind of going with for the theme here, but you have Love Lovestruck Beast, which is two to green. It's a beast noble creature, 5-5. Five, five. It has an adventure, heart's desire for one green. Sorcery, and you can create a 1-1 one, one human creature token. It can't attack unless you control a 1-1 one, one creature. Big fan of this card just in general. I, I feel like that <laughs> it is yeah. very high bar in terms of power level, and it's going to overperform in a majority of environments. If you see it as its floor, it's turn one, create a 1-1 hum- uh, one, one human and if you manage to get to the point where you can just play it for three, then you're going to play it for three. And even if it can't attack, you lost the token or whatever, you still got a free token and a 5-5 five five that can still block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this thing Bes- is Besides the fact that it fantastic. qualified as that Celtic idea, right? And I'm pushing it. Right. It also screamed to me like those 80s love jam vibes, right? Of that love... St- it was very Guns N' Roses. I don't know. It's just, as I'm doing my card selection, this is what's welling up in my head, right? I'm like, where does this okay, categorize? See. You see you see that too, right? It's yeah, like- you're kind of doing it more of a stretch approach of these kind of metal love songs of the beauty and the ballads, very literal <laughs> of the big high ballads. The, I was going to say ballads, metal yeah. bands and you know, November rain. So love struck beast. November yeah. There was rain. that time, right? When all the like eighties, late eighties, mid eighties, whatever, the, like the rock band side, like really transitioning to those ballads. Cause they were commercially popular. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And they, yeah, it, but it's Gimli. I don't care what you say. It's Gimli. <laughs> it's Gimli. I actually almost want to say that it reminds me a bit of uh, Tears Don't Fall by uh, Bullet for My Valentine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cool. That, that's what the Love Struck Beast kind of gives me the vibe of. That's how it speaks cool to you. I got That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Steven, this next one, this is for you, man. I, uh, yeah. I queued this up for you. So this is Master of the Wild Hunt. This is a 3-3 human shaman that costs two green green. At the beginning of your upkeep, Put a 2-2 green wolf creature token into the field. You can tap, and then you tap all untapped wolf creatures you control. Each wolf tapped this way deals damage equal to its power to target creature. That creature deals damage equal to its power divided as its controller chooses among any number of those wolves. So, 
every time I, I've loved this card for as long as it's been printed, and every time I see this card, I immediately think of of Wolf and Man. But this is not thrash metal. This is Celtic metal. But still, first thing that comes to mind is uh, the Black Album from Metallica. Anyway, um, yeah, this is pretty brutal. This is you know, nature's way of saying, "Hey, we." Our, we have our own army, we make our own wolves, we have our own pack, and don't mess with us. Um, this is great, and there are a lot of green effects that make wolves, so having the Master of the Wild Hunt, it, it's going to... Yeah, it, it's, it, it's sweet. I, I really like this card, and I like how it plays out, too. You take away the um, antlers of this image, and you put some sunglasses on it, you got a sharp-dressed man and a little bit of, she's got legs for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> a little ZZ top. <laughs> so, we're going to move over to the next one. This one's actually one that when I first added it, I added it more for the art, more for the benefit, and then later had to refine the benefit because I was doing a quote-unquote misleading reanimator package. But I want to go Gauri Grave Troll, and it's for four colors and one forest. You get a creature skeleton troll, and the art alone is what actually made it come to this environment. And then we la I later supported it in retrospect because Stu called me out. Uh, Golgari Grave Troll comes into play with a woman counter on it for each creature card in your graveyard. You can pay one colorless, remove a 1-1 counter from Golgari Grave Troll, regenerate Golgari Grave Troll, dredge six. So one of the things that you learn as a curator is when you send signpost of dredge, you need to have payoffs for dredge. And the guy to my left of me right now nodding his head was like, uh, <laughs> I'm dredging to no end, but I later fixed that. But the reanimator package in here is very, very loose. I didn't want to run stuff. I'm doing stuff like zombify and cards that are a little, a little less good, so that you're not really pushing the dredge so much as I want you. I want this card to be standalone as much as possible. Um, I didn't want it to be a misleading signpost, so I had to self-correct a little bit. Stu, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you are right. I, I drafted this. I remember the first couple of times that I, I took this, and I still kind of take this card highly because um, it, it is five mana. It is expensive in the grand scheme of things. Like, would you rather have this or a Doom Whisperer, where you could be swinging for a large amount in the air fairly quickly? But this card can get out of hand quite quickly and the fact that you've got this like ground even like if i and i kind of look at it as more of a defensive option in your cube because you know i can i can block i can regenerate um i'm more than happy and as i've done on a few occasions is like you know play block with it pay the mana remove all the counters send it to the graveyard dredge it back to my hand and then you know if i'm dredging like dredge six is just absurd right so if you've got the mana to be able to take all the counters off it get it back um from the graveyard and then like recast it on your next turn with a ton of grave of creatures in the graveyard it can get very very big but like you say it does like kind of screen that dredge signpost because it, i mean it's bad in mind right it's it's one of the most iconic dredge creatures it's probably the best dredge creature um that's ever been printed so um yeah but i i think it's just a super powerful card love this card May, would you mind covering this next card? And it embodies the nature aspect. The What I wanted to try to project is the Viking. Definitely one of the highest bars of your cube, for sure. Yeah. But I actually noticed that you don't actually have a song, a card called Songs of the Damned in here. And oh, yeah. So that's funny you mentioned that. Control. That was on my I'll, list. I'll tell you what it does in a second. 
Mm-hmm. When I saw Golgari trade Grave Troll in here, I immediately started seeing seeing those uh, signposts, as you mentioned, of being like, oh, okay, you might be able to have some like graveyard shenanigans in here. And Songs of the Damned is perfect on that nose for flavor. Of Songs of the Damned sounds extremely metal for that yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it costs one black for an instant, and add one black for each creature card in your graveyard. And that could be just a really fun way to get those Johnny players scratching their brains a little bit, especially if they get their hands mm. on that Golgari Grave Troll to start mm-hmm. generating as much graveyard stuff as they can, and then just dropping that down to drop something really stupid big like that um, Lich Knight from earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have that as like a payoff or something. I, I didn't see that. See that. Like a really good so your environment. You, you'll get you and I again. We've talked about this before. We're spirit animals. We just we're we're bound somehow <laughs> or another. I, I have it in a binder. It was originally supposed to be in this cube, but I couldn't find a link for it until you talked about uh, the vest creature. Now, now I There's see a vest. link, mm-hmm. but some payoff. So I think I will look at that as an addition. That's a great, great, great feedback on that. I love that. The card's fantastic. I wonder if has anybody listened to the band High Lung? No, no, uh, I, no idea. I wouldn't say it's necessarily you know, you know, Celtic or metal specifically because they're um, Norse slash Germanic, but it is um, it, it it is they have been sort of categorized as like a genre of metal, but it really does sound more like folk. A lot of their instruments are strictly from the Iron Age um, of time, and some fun fact: um, they have some travel restrictions, or they had to modify their instruments because one of the instruments they used was human shin bone as a percussion instrument ah. so that became an wow. issue as far as like mm. being able to transport it well, across the country or across body uh, parts the like yeah. you know this but, steven this um, is going in I, by the way <laughs> say that again steven this is going in yeah oh yeah that's metal <laughs> af <laughs> fun yeah, fact yeah. <laughs> i knew a guy I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I love listening to that he liked to play was, I mean, drum with a femur great soundtrack when i was hiking the burrow in county clare is just being in this sort of mystical environment where like some sort of taboo but sacred rites were being performed to sort of like the the, the pagan gods of pre um saint patrick um you know, conversion mm-hmm. oh dude yeah you and i need to talk about ireland offline because i had so much fun so everybody's got kind of a so Stu has a few favorite cards that he wants to talk about. I got a lot of favorite cards in this cube. I I could literally sit here after night and just talk about like how many of the cards that I really really enjoy playing because they're fun. We talked about Dune Whisperer. We talked about um, Skin Shifter. Those are amazing cards. Um, so yeah, I like like doing a kind of a little sort of round round robin and talk about some some really cool cards. Just fun cards that, again, you might not necessarily see. They're very flavorful, and I love cards that are flavorful, flavorful, fun to play, that just work so well in a cube that you might just not see in a lot of other environments. I would like to talk about Kalidus, or Cletus, Cletus, Traitor of Geths. Two colors, two black for a legendary creature, Vampire Warrior, with lifelink, 3-4. If a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile that card and put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. You can also pay two colors and a black, sacrifice another zombie or vampire, and put two plus one plus one counters on Kalidus. I love this card. Nice. I love this card. <laughs> Crack one. Um, I love this card because it's... First of all, I think a 3-4 lifelink with 4 is very cool, right? Little stabilization, little, you know, advantage. Um, exile in a creature, I think, 
you know, the, the, this is a Jundek. Graveyard shenanigans are, are, are definitely part of it, right? So any this is definitely a bit of a hate piece as well. I think any cube should definitely have some amount, some non-zero amount of hate pieces, which this definitely does. And a sack outlet, right? It, it, yes, you have to pay mana. It's not free. And, uh, but it, it makes Kalidas bigger and, uh, you know, you sack that cleric so that it doesn't punish you every turn during yeah, the Yeah, and make it, make so it a five, creature five, bigger. Even, yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you just do it once, right? A five, six lifelink creature, that is, that is serious stabilization, right? That's going to allow you a lot of time to kind of, you know, do what you need to do. So the big like, question I have for cool you is voice. this death metal, thrash metal, or Celtic metal, or Viking it's metal? Death. It's death metal. It's death metal. I feel like the black cards. Definitely death metal. Yeah, it's death metal. Like you've got like if I ever was like if I was twenty years younger and wanted my own, you know, I'm gonna be the front man of my own death metal band. This is what I want. I want like a ripped up cassock and like a helmet that looks like someone stripped down like the alien from the alien movie, and then like all the smoke behind me, and I want to just like put my head down. And the curtains are kind of come up on and be like, Ooh, you know, that kind of, like, that's the kind of entrance that I want for my, for my death metal vocalist. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. As so, far as Kalidus goes, if it wasn't for the card Yawgmoth making a great depiction, I would say Kalidus makes a great analog for Peter Steele from Typo Negative. Love. Oh, dude, yeah. Rest in peace. Love Peter Steele. Yeah, Typo Negative, like that. Oh my gosh. Like, I, I got a number of tracks from them that are like, in my absolute like desert island like playlist of like fifty songs or whatever, there's there's some typo negative. I saw them. I want to say, don't quote me on timelines. Ninety five ish at the Velvet Elvis in Savannah, Georgia, where I grew up. So it was pretty sweet. But yeah, pretty awesome. So May, you've got a chance to peruse the cube. Do you have a card that speaks to you and your musical vibes? Oh, definitely Rakdos Showstopper. When I that? was looking through your list, that was the first card that stood out where I was just like, that, that is the metal card. <laughs> that is the perfect representation of what this cube's trying to do. It is aggressive, it is Rakdos, it is literally Rakdos. <laughs> and just the showstopper himself is just the perfect tone for what the cube's trying to do. Yeah, so for the flying trample when Rakdos showstopper enters the battlefield, you flip in a coin, which is very not so chaotic, but it's very <laughs> yeah. But if, if it basically it destroys every creature that's not a demon or whatever, so it blows up the board if you win the coin flip. Card's card's pretty sick, and it, it repeats itself too. It's kind of gross. Look at the art though. Let's, oh. let's first of all, like I, I agree, like this is so metal because of that. This has got a very like fantasy. Kind of like, it's just the art is just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I'm going to go ahead and give you, I've got multiple favorites because this cube is my baby, but I have one that is one of my favorites that's in the cube. And I think it's from a double master set. It's a full, but it's the Burning Tree Emissary. And this particular art is sick. And it's for basically Gruel Hybrid. Gruel Hybrid, you get a human shaman. When Burning Tree Emissary enters the battlefield, you get Gruel 2-2. It's plain and simple, but this art just speaks to me on like a high level. This is metal AF. I agree. How about yourself, Steve? What do you, you've already got one cover. Okay, so, well, who am I saying? Oh, you know what? That's, uh, yeah, I do. I love this card. Um, I, I think 
I, I, and I love that you picked a card like this. I love that you picked a card that isn't like a big beater or has some dramatic effects or anything like that. I love that. And it kind of speaks to how you like your thought process as a curator that you're thinking about the play, you're thinking about the speed, you're thinking about the whole vibe and the music that you want to put on and all that kind of stuff. But all these aspects and this art, I agree. The art is incredible. It's like, it's just it's one of those that really embodies the kind of vibe that you want to get with the with Stephen. If I was listening to the Who, I would <laughs> want to see this card. That really, you know, <laughs> kind of foom, foom, I could absolutely foom. see that. Yeah, I you see it. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stephen, do you have a card that really speaks to you before we start going toward the end here? I, I was just uh, just looking at it. Is the Clan Defiance? Yeah, um, it's for X Red Green. It's a sorcery. You can choose one or more. You can deal X damage to target creature with flying, or X damage to target creature without flying, or X damage to target player. And for as many lines of text that it has, this card is pretty brutal. It's like one or more. It's like, why would I only choose one? This is, <laughs> this is just going to burn and potentially kill everything. Um, yeah, I've loved this card for as long as it's existed. It's just, you know, for as many words as it has, it's pretty... Clean. You do X to that thing, X to that thing, and X to you. Um, yeah, but it's, Stephen, it's you have to realize that as I talked about, part of the theme of the cube is people are drinking like whiskey. So there's a good opportunity that someone will choose one. Uh, uh, <laughs> and so this cube basically is why <laughs> This is a mistake cube, but it's pretty great. One more, one more subset that I would like to highlight, and I don't want to overly preach about it, but one that I'm testing, and I wanted your guys' thoughts on it, is I'm testing Masticores in here, which. Yeah. As to be Ricci, it's Mastodon, which is, in fact, in here, too. Steven, what do you think about the Masticore suite that I'm running in here? And, and do they see – and May, I want your feedback on this, too. These are the three cards that I put in here to represent metal, but they have been my struggles. Well, Lesser Masticore is a good answer to Rockamar tokens, that's for sure. Um, same thing with regular Masticore. The um, I think the one that I probably like the most is Molten Till Masticore. Um, it's a nice homage to the original Masticore, but I like that you know having to not care about your draw step for the rest of the game while it's in play doesn't become a drawback when you're basically feeding your graveyard and for four mana you exile a creature. You just get to dome either your opponent or something in play, and um, I think that's a really excellent uh, ability to have in addition to the fact that you really just can't kill it. But, yeah, the the regular you know, Massacore, it's been battle-tested, tried and true. Again, also a good answer to all the Rakamar tokens. You know, I think it might actually be pretty strong in this cube, like probably the lesser Massacore, functionally the weakest of the three, but it all definitely feels and looks very metal in a very literal and figurative sense. Yeah, I think these are all dope but um you'll have to play it out and see how it works and what kind of yeah, games come of it i like it i actually think that cards like that can actually act as really good finishers it costs four mana admittedly but you don't have to discard a card right and for four mana to be able to just deal four damage at will to either uh, hey you've cast a creature i don't like look at that 
puts pressure on your opponent. Like, do I really want to just cast a creature with less than four toughness for them to just be able to spend four mana and no other resources and be able to get rid of it? Or do I cast it because I maybe need for them to not just be slinging damage at me? Maybe I'm, I'm concerned about my life total. Um, but yeah, I agree. Very metal card, great finisher. Just, I, I like, I, again, I keep talking about this. I love cards with options. I love cards with modes and just things you can do. And uh, that card, like, is just, uh, I think it's a really, really fun card. Very, um, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very. The only thing I want to add to this, this is not um, a card that's here, but I wonder what you all think, and particularly you, Anthony, because this is your cube, is the omission of Thundermare, which in my mind is like a great, oh. you know, <laughs> you got me Thunder listening. Horse. By you can't do an ACDC right now. Thunder. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Okay, okay, okay. I'll fix that. I'll fix that. But yeah, no. uh, but consideration. <laughs> Put it in. Put it in. So I want to talk about a new card and as we, before we close down. But I wanted your opinions as curators on this card because I have added it to four cubes. And it is Death Ooh. Greeter's Champion. For two colorless and a mountain, you get a creature human warrior. Dash, three colorless and one mountain. You can uh, cast a spell. You can dash it in. We've all did the Ragavan thing at this point, right? But it has an effect called Backup 1. So when this creature enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. If that's another creature, it gains the following ability. So that's actually the whole uh, shtick with Backup. And it gives it double strike until the end of the turn. And or you put it on this creature. Have you guys done the math on what the damage level this creature alone could do by itself? It's insane. It's pretty good. And then I mean, you can dash it. You're doing six damage right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't this, typically do math because math is for blockers. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a metal episode, Stephen. <laughs> There's no blockers here. I mean, I'm biased for this card because it's Alicia's protege. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love him. <laughs> this art is amazing. I yeah. absolutely love it. But I just kind of want to point it out and uh, highlight this for everybody that this card is my top pick coming out of Mom, even though it's from a commander set. This card is bonkers for cubes. Maybe too good for this cube. We'll find out soon enough when we start battling here. I will take it, pick one, pack one. We'll see what happens. Heck yeah. All right. So, uh, man, I just want to tell everybody thank you. We've had a great time. Everybody got their tickets for the Joven Tour coming out and seeing it. The 10 Streets. Pretty high. It's going to be great. There's going to be, what do we say? There's Our Devastation's going to be there. Hurricane's going to be fantastic. All right, Stu, would you mind uh, saying the whole thing to our guest and taking us out? Absolutely. So, as always, um, we really appreciate all the listeners. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today and for all of our other episodes. Uh, if you like the content, which we hope that you do, we would appreciate you leaving a five-star review on your chosen podcast platform. It really helps us out to, uh, you know, we want to get out there to more Magic players and more Q players. Um we also have uh, an affiliate link for Alter Sleeves. If you're looking to uh, bling out your cube, your EDH deck, whatever the case may be, uh, you can use our link, which is www.altersleeves.com forward slash Ubercube. You'll get 5% off a bunch of really, really cool products. 
over at Alter Sleeves. Feel free to go check them out. Uh, we also have uh, an Inked Gaming affiliate link if you want to check out some playmats, dice bags, mouse pads, all that kind of stuff. Uh, again, really cool uh, products that they have over there. Um, really appreciate if you guys want to, you know, use uh, use our link. Cost you nothing, but uh, gives us a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a kickback. Um, for the conversation, you know where we are. We're at Twitter. We are at Ubercube MTG Pod. Um, we always love to hear feedback from the community and talk about any episodes or cubes that you've got or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, love to hang out and chat with everybody. It's uh, it's good times. Reach us at Ubercube MTG Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us and just uh, you know ask questions about the podcast or about your cube or anything else. Uh, you know we love to hear from you guys. And as always, we have our Discord. We have a, a link on our Twitter. Come by, come join, come hang out, and uh, get some conversation going. Anthony, tell us about the Patreon. I'm hanging out with uh, Grover and Oscar the Grouch tomorrow night. We're going to nice. talk about it. Yep, it's going to be pretty sweet. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you again to our wonderful co-hosts, uh, my co-hosts, our co-hosts, to me, to Anthony, and to our wonderful uh, guest today, Stephen. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, hanging out and talking about this this very very fun cube that uh, that Anthony put together. Thank you, Stephen, for supporting the uh, the theme that I was trying to push through. Yes. Right, I was trying to weave music into magic, and how might you do that? And I think I think that you've given me some kind of vindication here that I might have completed that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Thank you, May, for also helping me with some ideas. I will look at that, and I'll share that with the group. And other than that, we're going to say the thing that we always say here at Ubercube is Happy Cubit! Happy Cubit!